Welcome to the club, man. Here is failure to communicate. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. This is the worst day of my life. Worst day of your life so far. He's looking at you, kid. There's no crying in baseball! I'm gonna make him an offer again with you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. To infinity and beyond! Welcome to episode 22 of the Heritage Film Club. This time I've made the guys watch the 1989 Cameron Crowe movie, Say Anything. Mike, roll the trailer. I'm going to take out Diane Court. Diane Court doesn't go out. She's a brain. Trapped in the body of a game show hostess. We don't want to see you get hurt. I want to get hurt. So it's Lloyd and... um. Uh, let's go out. Oh, thanks, but I'm busy. So you're, so you're monumentally busy? Well, not monumentally. Hi, Lloyd Dalmish. I'm an athlete, so I rarely drink. Kickboxing, you ever heard of kickboxing, sport of the future? I can see by your face, no. My point is you can relax because your daughter will be safe with me for the next seven, eight hours, sir. Maybe Diane Court really likes Lloyd. If you were Diane Court, would you honestly fall for Lloyd? Yeah. 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 What are your plans for the future? Spend as much time possible with Diane? No, really. I'm totally and completely serious. I'm not sure if I should say, you know. I just want to no, tell you that... No, we don't have to say. How do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know what you're going to say. I'm just going to tell you that thank I love you. you. I said it. I know. She gave her my heart and she gave me a pen. Lloyd, man, no baby's worth it, dude. All you gotta do is find a girl that looks just like her and then dump her, man. You guys know so much about women. How come you're here, like, a gas and sip on a Saturday night? No women anywhere. My choice, man. That's yeah, right, man. man. Conscious choice. choice. I'm a guy. I have pride. You're not a guy. No, the world is full of guys. Be a man. John Cusack, Ioni Sky, say anything. Just after high school graduation, eternal optimist and aspiring kickboxer, sport of the future, Lloyd Dobler seeks to capture the heart of Diane Court, the class of valedictorian who's headed to England on a scholarship. Diane's life is on track for greatness, and her divorced dad doesn't approve. And that's really just the beginning. Welcome, guys. Did you all watch the movie? I watched the movie. First I watched time. it. That's yeah. a good start. Excellent. First time for all of us, I think. I think it was. Except for Brian, right? You've yeah. Seen- and I hadn't yeah. seen it for a really long time. So, nice. yeah. So I guess a bit of detail. Yeah. Written and directed by Cameron Crowe. 100 minutes long, give or take. Cast including John Cusack, Ioni Sky, John Mahoney from Frasier. 
Joan Cusack, Lily Taylor, Amy Brooks, Eric Stoltz, Jeremy Piven, and Pamela Adlon. Budget of 16 million US, cumulative worldwide gross of 21.5 million. Mm -hmm. I guess we should leap straight to the critic score, the Rotten Tomatoes score. Any guesses? No, but I'm assuming they're probably pretty close to each other. I'd say say the critics probably. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say 70s. Hmm. Any uh, any advances on 70s? 75. <laughs> it's not an auction. <laughs> going twice, once, but, uh, going twice. <laughs> okay, maybe 80s then, because you sounded hmm. like I should have gone higher. No, I'm just, I'm just intrigued. I, I'm, yeah, I was not surprised, but certainly pleased when I read the, the numbers. Shall we? Go, go ahead. Uh, critics were higher than audience. Audience score of 85. Critics score of 98. 98? Wow. Yeah. It's wow. awfully high. It might be the highest we've had so far. Yeah. I should, should have rechecked my maths and go back and have a look at it. But yeah, I called it up and I went, wow, that's a lot. I know that Siskel and Eber loved it. Mm-hmm. But, Which uh, apparently helped a hell of a lot. Apparently it really yeah. kicked it off once, once they gave it their, their good review. But apparently every other critic liked it too. Well, apart from a couple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 90%. Man. I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how many there were, but even the that's, IMDb score is in the, the around mid sevens. You know, they do seven point. So it's a bigger gap than I expected between mm. the two. Yeah, me too. So, mm. which was nice. It's always nice when you pick a movie and other people like it, and mm. it's my, my odds are a little better. So, <laughs> shall we kick it off? We Who shall. Wants to go. I'll go. Go on then. Okay. So, first time seeing it, I'm ashamed that it took me this long because I love 80s movies and I love this sort of 80s movie. And I don't know why I haven't seen it before. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is Lloyd Dobler the sort of most genuine, nicest guy in a 80s teen movie that's not the nerd or the geek that's trying so. to get the girl? Yeah, probably. I find him interesting because he doesn't fit into any of the, the teen movie archetypes, especially the 80s teen movie ones. Mm-hmm. He's sort of jock-ish in that he does kickboxing, yeah. the sport of the future, and he was right. Mm-hmm. Um but he's not really a jock and he's he's sort of counterculture in a way, but not to the point of being annoying. Yeah, it's a really interesting character mm. uh, and I really like it. And I see shades of Rob Gordon from High Fidelity in Lloyd Dobler as well. Mm-hmm. Almost like Lloyd grew up, got really screwed somewhere along the line <laughs> and completely swapped his personality and, and sort of became the record store owner in High Fidelity. I loved John Cusack in this. I like John Cusack anyway. Yeah, me too. Ione Sky was fantastic. And I don't know why she didn't become a lot bigger than she did. Mm. Because she was just excellent in this movie. Jeremy Piven was a nice surprise. I double took. Well, there's always a Piven there somewhere. And um, I do love I do love Jeremy Piven. Uh, and I did like... The fact that it's set in Seattle, it stars John Mahoney, as you said, from Frasier, but it also has Frasier's ex-wife in it. Yes. So I thought that was really nice as well. Mm. Mm. It was her first movie. Yeah. Uh, John Mahoney was my MVP of this movie. I love that dude. I love listening to his voice. And he's just so good in this movie. But I think... All three of the main cast are really good. Um, 
I like that Lily Taylor pops up, who's also in high fidelity with John Cusack later on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just really like this movie. I planned to watch it over two nights, um, but once I got started, I didn't want to stop because where I was going to stop ended up being, spoiler, where Diane breaks up with him in the car. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can't stop now. No, no. So, you know. You can't leave that hanging. You've got, to, you've got to keep going. Not after I gave her my heart and she gave me a pen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, had to keep going. So, yeah, I loved it. It was good. Not my favorite 80s teen movie, but mm. but definitely one I would watch again. Nice. Jared? Um, on the last podcast when you brought up this movie, I think we mentioned, when I said I didn't know it, you mentioned there's the one scene that's in every other movie mentioned all the time. Mm-hmm. Now you I know didn't it. know what it was, right? but as soon as you sh- search this movie, it's every bit of promotional material mm-hmm. is that. So mm-hmm. I that was spoiled for me before I even saw the movie. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. It's a really nice movie. Like, not a lot of unlikable characters. Mm-hmm. It's sort yeah, of yeah. like yeah. most of them. Um, it wasn't too like much of a story more as just following these characters and their their conversations, their relationships with people. Yeah, true. I don't know, mm. It sort of reminded me of the like like the before movies, if you've seen like Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, oh, right. yeah. where it's just a lot of dialogue, a lot of conversations, and you're, that's just what you're following throughout yeah. Yeah. a lot of it. And I like that, where they can do sort of more realistic dialogue. And it seemed to fit their ages as well. Like they might have thought they were a little deep and a little sort of emotional overreacting to things, but I, I thought that was quite good and quite realistic. So yeah. I enjoyed it. Nice. It's definitely not John, not a John Hughes 80s movie. No. No, it's sort of sort of in, in parts it almost is, but then it isn't. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Mm. Uh, I think that's what threw me at first because um, I'll get into it more later, but yeah, that's a good way to good way to say it. Clayton. Uh, yeah, I watched it. It was okay. <laughs> okay. Here he is. Here's Clayton. Yep. No, like, like I get it. I just didn't understand it. Like the whole movie, he's just like wanting to bang this chick and then he bangs the chick and then like she's flying off overseas and I'm like, okay, sweet, follow her, it's all good. I didn't understand the middle part where um just randomly the dad's under investigation by the FBI. Okay. What didn't you understand? Like it just like the whole movie there was not nothing really pretense in that at all. Yeah, it did come out of the blue a bit. And then it just came out of the blue and I'm just like, Oh, okay, so whatever. And but I liked the part where he was in jail. I found that part very really interesting. Yeah, surprised they cut there so fast. Hmm. But like, yeah. enjoyable watch. But yeah, no, it's just I like. I don't know. It's not like I didn't get it. It just it just didn't do anything for me. That's fair. I, I figured the bit with the dad is kind of the you have to have conflict in there somewhere, otherwise they just get along. Yeah, and, and yeah. There's none of that. But I mean, there's also the fact that that essentially the whole part of it is really that she has. Diane has this kind of perfect life or a planned life and everything is going and it's on track, mm-hmm. you know. And so all this time she thinks that everything is as it is and then this comes kind of out of the blue and then your assumption would always be that, no, somehow it's wrong. And then you find out that he, in fact, is guilty yeah. and it throws her completely and it just 
Yeah. So cracks her world a little. It bit. cracks her world. Yeah. yeah she's he's she's off the, she's off the track, and, and Lloyd doesn't have a track. And yeah. the dad was always worried that Lloyd was going to basically dethrone her off her own path, but yeah. he, the father, was the one that dethroned her off her own path. Well, not really. Yeah. Yeah. But well, no, she dad, still went. You know, yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's he's worried that that Lloyd's going to break their relationship, their friendship, if you like. Yeah. Her and the dad, and then in the end, it's him. Hmm. Yeah. I, that part just puzzled me because it, 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 it seemed like it came out of the blue, and I was just like, oh, okay. Random, but like yeah, overall, it's an enjoyable movie. Too. I it, like this movie didn't bore me. Don't get me wrong; it didn't bore mm. me at all. Yeah. It held my attention, but I was just like, "Oh, okay, sweet, whatever." That's good because when I was watching it uh, again, and I've done this before, I was thinking, "Man, I don't know how Clayton's going to react to this movie." Like genuinely, mm. um, yeah. I could see that Brian would probably like it, just because of how how the movie is. Yeah. Um, I figured. Jared would appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I was really just like, man, I don't know if Clayton's going to find this really boring or if he's going to be into it. Um, like, so yeah, like yeah, it held my attention. I wouldn't say I'm like hard out into it. Like it's good that I've seen it, but I mean, yeah. Um, this came out around the same time. I'm probably going to group a whole heap of movies together and the time frames are completely wrong. Breakfast Club, first time at Ridgemont High. Is this around this this time? Later than those, the, so the, in the, the, 80s. the, the, the end ball, of the eighties, right? Park, yeah, it's into the eighties, oh, but yeah, okay. it's kind of because hmm. it reminded me a lot of that, like um, Ferris Blue. Uh, is it Ferris Blue? Bueller, yeah, yeah. yeah. like that sort of time period. So mm-hmm. it is. It was okay. Sort of, it's in that sort of mold. But like Brian said, those movies you've just mentioned are. Um, mostly John Hughes movies yeah. oh, okay. and all of those eighties teen movies that you think of in your head yep. are probably John Hughes movies. And oh. this is sort of in that vein, but by Would the guy who ended up making like the last of those movies. I mean, it's 89. Yeah. It might've been. I, th- I think maybe it kind of bridges between say the John Hughes type in air quotes and things like singles which is Cameron Crowe as well. Yeah, you know, when you start getting into that whole n- movies like this in the 90s were different. Yeah. And so this isn't quite a, you know, this isn't a, isn't a typical 80s teen okay. movie, if you like. And it's not yeah, give you that. Either. It's like a bridge movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a bridge movie, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Cameron Crowe went on to make some excellent thing, almost famous as my favorite Cameron Crowe movie. Um, and then he did Jerry Maguire, which is probably his biggest movie um, show me the money that's the one that's the boom box of that movie yeah. um it's quotable movies <laughs> yeah but i would say um yeah one thing about this movie is yeah it, it because i hadn't seen it before i had a preconceived idea of what the movie was and it was very much that john hughes type of movie so i expected uh, Lloyd, maybe not to be as hmm, not perfect, but sort of he's he doesn't really no he doesn't really falter like he's he's genuinely a good guy the whole time he's he's not hiding anything or you know he's not trying to be nice to get her in bed mm-hmm. no, um, yes he's exactly yeah genuinely a nice dude um, then I expected okay well at the end the girl 
will be in love with him and she won't go and they'll have a relationship. That was also wrong. Then I thought, oh, the dad's going to be uh, really anti him. He's not actually that anti him, really. Um, like no. he allows them to go out hmm. um, all night, even on the first date. Uh, so that played against the, I guess, stereotype I had in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I was pleasantly surprised when all of the things I assumed were about to happen didn't happen. And I found that really enjoyable. So I think that added to my um, experience, my pleasurable experience with this movie. Oh, I have a question. Mm. You know when they're in the house and they're answering the telephone? Um, which time? The phone rings quite a lot. Oh, the, the, the girl. The, um, the, 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 Diane. Uh, yeah, in Diane's house. And whenever she or her dad answers the telephone, mm-hmm. it's a small black thing, right? Yeah. Is that a portable phone or is that a mobile phone or what? It'd be like a cordless. Ah, okay. Now it's wondering. It sort of was like. Mobile phones weren't. Well. They were humongous, well, they were... eh, back then. I assume they were out in 89, but they weren't. Not, not small really a cell phone, phone no. I no. definitely don't remember. No, they were bricks. <laughs> yeah. They're bigger than bricks. Okay. Were, and oh, and the reason you original. don't remember, Jared, is... <laughs> I was not born yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, did, it just... Um, it puzzled me, because I was just like looking at it going, it's either a portable phone that flips, or a cell phone, but it can't be a cell phone, because cell phone is too small. I was just no, perplexed by it. Like, struck out on both. That's no, yeah. just a cordless phone. But... Oh. But he does have the normal corded wall phone, and she has one in her bedroom as well. I, I so. think it's sad for movie making that you can't make movies anymore where people leave messages on answer phones. Yeah. It's, and they can screen the calls, and then they pick it up just at the last minute, and yeah. it's too late because the other person's hung up. And I think that's sad. <laughs> because what they do in this movie is he writes a note for his daughter, he writes his phone number down wrong, and she rings it and gets him. So there you go. There's oh, a nice goof you in found the movie. a goof. Yeah. Nice. IMDB nice found the goof. I just read the goof. Damn it. No, you should have claimed credit. Should I should have claimed credit. Fully. But I, I find that quite funny. Um, but see, that's another. That's what I mean. Like, he rings the dad, and he, he almost charms the dad, because after he leaves the message and he's about to hang up, Lloyd quickly says, oh, she's really great. Yeah. And he goes, pardon? He goes, oh, she's really great. And she's like, yeah, she is. And then hangs up, and he's sort of smiling. Because you know how like, proud he is of his daughter. He yeah, probably yeah. appreciates that being recognized. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and and Lloyd means it though. That's why I like him so much. I think he's yeah. he's, he's a genuinely likable character, and he's and he stays true. You're right. You know, he's kind of. Like I say, there's no he, ulterior he, motive. No, there's no yeah. ulterior motive. You know, he's 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 genuinely interested in Diane, yeah. and he asks her out, and he takes a chance because he's optimistic. And his friends are saying it'll never work. You know, she'll never say yes. And of course, and of course she does because he's a really nice guy. Well, she Everybody doesn't. Lloyd. Well, she puts him off first. Yeah, he, until kind of, he, he says, kind of, yeah, he kind of talks her into it. But again, he's not weaseling his way in. He's just being. No, weird. he just says you're monumentally busy. And she goes, well, not monumentally. And then he convinces her to go to a party, which she completely overdresses for. Hmm. And True. And he doesn't get to spend the, the evening with her either. No, but he's, as she says, he's always checking up on her from a distance to make mm-hmm. sure she's okay. Yeah. And she, the and then when he sweeps the glass out of the way so she doesn't step in it, she he she wants someone who genuinely will care for her, mm-hmm. and that's what he proves 
without knowing that he because it's just how he is it's who he is so exactly dating was so much easier back in the 80s <laughs> well you'd think so <laughs> couldn't text them back then you had to ring them yeah so not my, my anyway i i um, kind of appreciated how at the party when they're all signing the yearbooks everyone says to her how it's oh i'm glad you came i wish i had known you it's not yeah. oh you're the nerdy girl that does all exactly. the extracurricular stuff mm-hmm which is and that plays nice. to what I was saying yeah. as well. It's against type. It's, yeah, yeah. That's well. That's one of the reasons why I, I like this movie so much. I think even the first time and, and and second time round is that none of that is. It's none of it's formulaic because these movies got really really formulaic. Yeah, I mean they were kind of for the for the eighties, the early eighties. Well, because they're all directed by the same person. Well, yeah, but they kind of established the formula anyway. And, and mm-hmm. I know this is down as a as a romantic comedy, and I, I'm still uncertain whether I would class it as a romantic comedy. No, I wouldn't. No, it's yeah, supposed to be it's, romantic. It's it's yeah. Well, it's, it is romantic. I don't know if it's a comedy though. Yeah, I, I, I laughed a hell of a lot. It cracked me yeah. up in some parts of this for sure. But I mean, and then when the they these kinds of movies or rom coms, if you like, this became really really formulaic, and you knew exactly what was going to happen and how it would play out. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and it's oh yeah, that's way just, later. Just yep. rom coms, and yeah, it doesn't and have that nerdy girl takes off her glasses and everyone and recognizes exactly. she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's that's exactly she's the point that. I was going to make. Yeah, it's like she. If you go well, as you say, Mike, he's kind of a jock, but he's he's a little bit awkward, and he's not the he's not the captain of the football team, and she's the nerdy girl, if you like, but it's not the nerdy and can't look anybody in the eye and no one, genuinely no one likes her. Well, she's nerdy and hot. Like they, like the friend says yeah. at the very beginning when he <laughs> says he's going to ask her out, she's <laughs> like, she phrases it in a really good way. I can't remember, but basically says, you know, she's, she's the valedictorian. She's, yeah. she's the, the nerd or whatever, but she's <laughs> like in the body of a game show hostess. Body of a game show hostess, exactly. Yeah. 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 She, she's kind of, she's the brain. I don't know whether I would go nerd, but she's the brain of the, yeah, of yeah. the school. I mean, there was one quote in here cause I pulled a couple of quotes out of this cause it's such a quotable movie. And you know, she's saying nobody knew me before tonight. And Lloyd says they knew of you. Now they know you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of the, the attraction as well. It's not, it's not one of these parties where something goes horribly wrong and someone ends up in the pool or, or, you know, just weird stuff happens. It's it's actually just all genuinely quite nice. It's it's quite organic, and it makes sense yeah. all the way through. It's a little bit real. I'm probably it's, explaining it badly. It's those sort of lines of dialogue that made me go, "Yeah, Cameron Crowe wrote this." It was mm-hmm. very much for me. I had quite a few moments watching this, going, "Oh yeah, this is this is a Cameron Crowe movie." It's his first mm. movie directing. Yep. And straight away he establishes his voice because it sounds like his later movies. Yeah. Mm. There's definitely a, a, a feel to it. I mean, I, I love things in the dialogue. To some movies, you'd have something like a, I'm looking for a dare to be great situation, which I still think is a great line. It's one of the best lines it's ever. It's one of the best lines, but it, there would be movies where this gets beaten to death and it becomes a theme. And at the end, it would be, I found my dare to be great situation. And yeah, there's go, none of that. Oh, kill me. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just, it just all kinds kind of flows, and I really like that. I just like the fact that it, it does kind of play against type or expectation, I think. Yeah, and that line – it's not staged at all. It, it's yeah. naturally part of the conversation. The Completely. dad asks, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to take care of your daughter because that's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then he says, yeah, I'm waiting for my dear to be great. And that was off, obviously then um, ripped off in, I think it was Van Wilder with Ryan Reynolds. Um, and he says that as well. Yeah. But this movie, okay, can I just talk about the boombox scene? Because we're going to have to. Yeah. But, so the most, I'm going to say, I'm going to put money on it. 
the most homaged um, scene mm-hmm. from an 80s movie. Um, but come on Twitter and tell me if you can think of one that's done even more than this because this is in everything. Um, it's been in The Simpsons multiple times. It's been... And that's enough. Um, but it's been in <laughs> everything. It's been in yeah. every rom-com, man. It's mm-hmm. it's the Goldbergs. Obviously, that's a TV show set in the '80s, so they definitely had to do this. Mm. Um, Deadpool. It's in Deadpool. He holds up his mobile phone, which has a boombox case on it, and he plays the song. Um, it's um, it's funny because if you Google this movie. Like Jared said earlier, um, was it? Were we recording when you said that? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you Google this movie, the first five pictures are going to be Lloyd holding up the boombox, right? The funny thing is, when you look at those pictures, it seems to be in the daytime. When you watch the movie, it's at nighttime. It's at night. Yeah, and it's not a spectacular scene. It's I thought again, because I hadn't seen it and I had all these preconceived ideas that this is how the movie ends. Like he has to go and win the girl back and this is how he does it because that's how all the parodies set it up. Yeah. And that's how all the other rom-coms would have done it. Yeah. But whenever you get a parody of this movie, it's someone going to the girl's window to try and win her. Uh, He is trying to win her back, I guess. But the scene just happens somewhere in the movie Mm -hmm. and then it's done. And she doesn't yeah. come to the window. Yeah, yeah that, that's one yeah. thing. I, I had no idea that she never came out yeah. Yeah. To, to the window when he was playing and it just sort of ends. Yeah. I Left thought she did. I, I, I couldn't remember how it went. Because that was years, many years between viewings. I, I watched it kind of around about the time that it first came out. And this is my second view. And I was firmly convinced in my head that she comes to the window. Yeah, because that's what that's, you're that's your, that's your expectation. Yeah, you're conditioned to expect that. Mm, And I don't know if it's because of all the parodies or because of the formulaic rom-coms or whatever, Mm. but it doesn't happen. And the scene is really just part of the movie. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not a climactic. It's It's, not, it's not an an epic thing. No. Yeah. But it became just the image of Lloyd holding the boom box. Yeah. has become a thing. I I love how that, how that ends or how how the scene runs and the camera shot just gets closer and closer to him and he just holds that expression and the yep. expression on his face. I think it's just a really powerful piece of acting and he yep. doesn't say anything. Sorry. Ironically enough. Um, you know, it's, it's all about the facial expression and her reaction. She hears mm. it and what she does and all of that. Kind of, I, yeah. I loved it. it was, speaking I loved of, it speaking of say anything, that's the one thing I started to get a bit annoyed with by the end is especially in the second half, they use that phrase a lot between uh, Diane and her dad. Mm, yeah. It's like, you know, we can say anything. You told me I could say anything. Mm. Um, we should be able to say anything. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, Peter Griffin again. There, the there it is. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, that's a very minor nitpick because I really like this movie. And then now just talking about it for the last 20 minutes, I think I really love this movie. Like, oh, yeah, I, it's just so good. <laughs> Did you guys like the scenes with his friends. Like, yes, absolutely. I love them. Yeah, they were my standouts. Great movie friends. Yeah. What, the 
like the the two girls, the two girls and two then girls guys outside the sip and gulp or whatever the heck it's called. I love <laughs> no, that. no, not yes, the guys, the girls, like, the, 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 the guys. Both of them. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Don't don't be a guy, Lloyd. Be a man. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, um, I, I don't know when, if when was, the guy. I, I was. Sorry, so, I don't know if it was intentional, but like 1989 Seattle, when the girl was playing the guitar, it almost sounded a little bit Nirvana. It would mm. fit for the town, the time. Yeah, angsty sort of songs intentional about thing. Joe. Yeah. yeah, did the grunge thing come in in the 90s, though? I mean, I think Nirvana was late 80s. 91, Seattle. wasn't it? Nirvana? No, that might have been the big album. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you I might mean, be right. It must have been, been yeah. starting around that time. I, th- I so think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sound there. yeah. Hmm. Let me Google it. We must. So keep talking while I Google. <laughs> yeah, I wish other. I got a letter like this. <sighs> Oh, and that letter was just like two sentences. Yeah, yeah. you wrote a letter. Um, yeah, oh, 1987. So, yeah, so they there were two go. years in. But I, I don't know if they would have hit their big no, mainstream breakthrough was 91. Yeah. But I they mean, started they, releasing from they, 98. They, they started in Seattle, I think, Nirvana. Yeah, they so. did. It was yes. the Seattle grunge Grun- scene. Grunge yeah. And, yeah, garage bands and all that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad she didn't go back with, what's the guy's name? Joe. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, see, and that's another one because he comes up to her, and he says, "Oh, she's going to be leaving, so therefore I'm single. So now I need a girlfriend again. <laughs> Basically, let's me? have sex. <laughs> let's have sex." And she's like, "Oh, Joe, goodbye." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, thinking, "Nice, okay, wow, yeah." I'm all but applauding at that point, going, "Yeah, I, I love Cameron Crowe. Yeah. I just love how this movie is written. I, yeah, can't say it enough." He's, he's actually he's in the movie. I'm going to chuck some trivia in here. Cameron Crowe makes an appearance in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have found this one online already. Um, as he was married to Nancy Wilson at the time, uh, from the singer from Heart, one of the singers from Is Heart. Is he not still? Uh, I don't believe so, no. I don't think, okay. I don't think so. Um, and yeah, when Lloyd's driving past the mall and he's dictating into the tape recorder, tape recorder must be 1989. This is what gave me the high fidelity vibes mm-hmm. when he's yeah. doing the narrations. He's doing the narration into the, yeah. And they're the, the two people that's really quick and they're walking past the mall while he's saying, this is where we had our first date when yep. they sat across from each other. So, Cameron Crochery. That's cool. Um, but yeah, that scene especially was very Rob Gordon from high fidelity. Um, because obviously the whole point of that movie is he's going and revisiting all his top five breakups. And that was very similar. Um, obviously this was first, so it's not derivative, but yeah, true. Um, it's and, quite and a cool. And from a book, and that's essentially what happens in the book. So. Yeah, no, I know. And um, good book too, but I think I prefer I the movie. Um, but it's, yeah, exactly. It's from a book, so it's completely... Um, a fluke, um, because obviously it's, when the book was written, they didn't know they were going to have John Cusack and everything. Yeah, it's, it's coincidental, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's coincidental, yeah. and it just it's a very cool sort of almost a full circle type thing because, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just nice foreshadowing mm. of that. Yeah, very nicely, mm. yeah. Did anyone else get anxiety? I think it was just before she breaks up with him, and they're driving, and he keeps looking at her while he's driving. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. No one ever watches the <laughs> yes, road. Nobody. Holy shit. No I was it was annoying the, the flip out of me. I was just like <laughs> look and he does. He every now and then looks and is like, You're taking too long to look back. It's like yeah. you're not on a empty country road or that's completely straight. And 
he just talks to her for a long time. I was like, just pull over. Yeah. Why did you write the scene in a car? Just <laughs> write it somewhere else. That was annoying me so much. Oh, so much. <laughs> Man, that's oh. probably my biggest gripe of the movie. It was really uh, and, doing my head in. Uh, and then you get one of the most realistic driving scenes ever when he's teaching her to, well, to drive, oh, drive the manual, drive the manual basically, shift, yeah, and in America. Yeah, yeah mm. just kangarooing the way around and around. Yeah, and driving into the hedges and stuff. Yeah, I love that. Scene. I read a bit of read a bit of trivia that um, apparently, um, much like mm. Ross and Rachel in Friends, mm. these two had huge off-screen chemistry, but uh, were both yes. dating someone else at the same time. Mm. Uh, sorry, at, at that time, yeah. mm. so didn't pursue it. But she mm. had said something like, after filming that day when they did the stick shift scene, they totally would have gone out and had a date mm. after that, had they yeah. not been seeing each other, yeah. uh, other people. Um, so I thought that was quite cool because they do have really good chemistry in the movie. No, no, sorry. I thought yeah, someone else was going to jump in there. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I thought no. they had good chemistry in the movie. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> I, I oddly enough, I love the bits in the cars. It seems, it sounds kind of weird. I mean, you get this, this, he's teaching you to drive. Um, they break up in the car. He's driving around, narrating his life. He kind of gets out of the car to make the phone call about, you know, hearts and pens. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when she, you know, she, they've broken up. He obviously drops her off. She gets back in her car and then she just breaks down. And even that, that was something I liked as well because none of the reactions are all the big histrionics. It's none of it's really melodramatic. It's just a little more real. And mm. I like that kind of stuff. That was another high fidelity moment for me. Him standing in the rain mm-hmm. at the phone booth, yeah. um, trying to, you know, talking to his friend in that case. In high fidelity, it's I think he's ringing the girl, um, and I was like, this dude stands in the rain in a lot of movies. Um, but the, my favorite car scene, back to your point, was the 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 night after the party where I've got to take that one guy back home, oh, and he can't yeah. remember where he lives. Yeah, and they. And it, and it really does it well because to show the passage of time, the DJ on the radio says, and now we're going to play three hours of uninterrupted rock. And then it cuts to the morning and it's like, well, that was three hours of uninterrupted rock. And the guy's still like, yeah, I don't know where I live. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then as soon as he gets out, he's like, man, thanks, man. You're great. Um, um, you know, give me a call. And he just burns off in the car. Like, just leave that dude alone. But that dude was great because um, he's the same dude at the beginning, which I really yes. liked mm. when he's like, how did you get Diane caught? And he's like, um, I called her. I asked her out. And he's like, yeah, but what made her say yes? And he's like, I'm Lloyd Dobler. Like he knows, <laughs> yeah. but he's not a jerk. No, It's just, yeah. it's, I just did it. <laughs> and the guy accepts it and he takes it as this big sort of like, whoa, type of moment. <laughs> um, All I need to do is be Lloyd. So. Yeah, oh, I loved it. That, I really uh, enjoy this character a lot. That master of the keys or whatever it was called. Key master. Like oh. Key master seems like a really hard job. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of those people seemed really drunk and he only had the one key left <laughs> at, the, at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know if he did a really good job there. but um, You must chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. And then he just drops to the floor and goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Um, in that str- in the alleyway scene that you were talking about before, where he meets Joe and the other guys, mm-hmm. um, and see that's another thing. He has no animosity to Joe, even though Joe screwed his friend and made her want to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. He's just 
genuinely just this nice person. Like he doesn't hold grudges against, like he could have gone in and go, you're a dick and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he talks to these guys and the guy's like, dude, come with us. We're going to a kega. I'll set you up with any girl in Seattle. Just tell me who you want to be set up with. And he's like, dying court. And he's like, well, I can't do that. (laughs) I was like, that's perfect because that's exactly what the conversation should have been. There's no other answer Lloyd could have given. And that was the perfect response Mm -hmm. from, from the uh, from Joe, yeah. Um, but that scene, and this is probably written somewhere on the internet anyway. That you know, this must have been one of those movies that really was an inspiration to Kevin Smith when he was starting out. Because I know he liked a lot of the John Hughes stuff as well. Because that scene especially gave me sort of it reminded me of some scenes from his movies. Okay, yeah. Um, in a good way, and. Uh, I can see that this movie was had quite a quite an influence on a lot of things. Um, One thing really I cool. sort of liked, especially that scene where he's meeting with the guys, and through the rest of the movie, it's it's kind of different from other movies where it's all just clicks and everyone's in their own sort of groups. Whereas exactly. this, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. everyone knows each other. They might not all be best friends with each other, but they're aware of each other. They might have had classes together. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, we'll come out. We'll take you out to this party even though they might not be the same group, best friends or anything. It's more realistic to me. Yeah, and that's what I mean, that there was no archetypes in this. Yeah. It was, mm. um, everyone was just, they went to the same school, they knew of each other. No one was a dick, really, to anyone else, just mm-hmm. because they were a jock or a nerd. There wasn't even any of those sort of visible. Like you said earlier, Brian, like Diane should, in any other movie, be in a clique that is nerdy and geeky, but Mm -hmm. she's such a different type of person that she's her own thing, which is what she says the whole start of the movie, that she never went out, she never got to know these people she wished she had. Um, She's not an outsider. None of them are outsiders. No, but none of them are insiders either. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're all just... They're just there. Mm, Yeah, precisely. Like, because in any other movie as well, you know, Lloyd says, um, oh, that, you know, when he tries to ask around, he says, oh, I'm Lloyd Dobler, you probably don't know me or whatever. And she's like, oh, you sat next to me in in this class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yep. I was like, see, normally you'd have to tell her this. Yep. But she's very aware of everybody. Mm. Yeah. And it's great. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just it, it, just, really it just makes the characters interesting and relatable, I thought. And it just yeah. makes – you don't get the conflict out of that, which, again, was was refreshing. The conflict comes. And it, and it is, as Clayton said, it's kind of out of the blue mm. when the conflict comes. And it, it is it is kind of strange how it, how it comes out. And then, it, um, then she kind of pursues it and discovers that that was the truth. And then she just – that's where she really, she really kicks off, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it really obviously changes the relationship and that's where the, where the conflict comes from. Um, Did you find it funny that the video he wanted to show the old people was Cocoon? Because yeah, I found that I hilarious. That. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. That's a movie we need to probably put on this we probably should. podcast. I've seen Cocoon for a very long time. Neither um, have I. Mm, yeah. I, I like it when she calls him out on the, the ageism. Yeah, and then he completely takes her point and mm-hmm. changes his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that's so good because he's open. In the old folks' home. Yeah, exactly. And he meets the the was she ninety three the ninety three year old lady. Yeah, Bessie or Betsy or something, something like and, that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, oh, she's a writer, and then opens it up, and she's got the sunglasses on. I was like, she's blind, but <laughs> I she wasn't. She was but she, blind but she can to see. Start with. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. 
It's like, she's a good writer. Yeah. But yeah, that was, um, that scene I feel was only there to make Lloyd aware of how Diane felt about him without Diane having to tell him. Mm, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you never saw her again. Yeah, she was 93. She probably died. <sighs> anyway. It's a different movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said about, about John Mahoney. I mean, he's, he's fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I went, I sort of, the needle moved a lot for me on his character. As you know, you get that he's being protective, but not massively overprotective. Yeah. And you kind of start to feel sorry for him. I, I was starting to feel sorry for him when he goes to buy the luggage. Yep. And you know, oh, he can't, eh? And he and he can't do it. And then the next thing you see, the next thing you see, he's at home and he's still in his suit and he's in the bath. Yep. Oh, that was that was really powerful. And then there's other bits like when he's in the, um, you know, when he's fighting with Diane, and you get with it where that that sort of anger comes from. And then he's going off at Lloyd, and he's standing there in his orange jumpsuit in the prison, smoking. And I thought this just sort of extremes of character for him. That part, the prison part, was a very different version of that character. Yeah. But- yeah. I think up until then, I was happy with mm-hmm. the arc, I guess. Yeah, um, and you see what's going on. It, it kind of, there's, there's a bit of a leap in there, mm-hmm. which threw me a little towards the end, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I. It's so weird for me to see John Mahoney with not grey hair, um, mm-hmm. because I grew up with him yeah. from Fraser. Yeah. And then, you know, he's a voice in the Iron Giant and, and all of this stuff. Sure. But seeing him... Because he doesn't look like young in the movie, but because he's got brown hair or whatever, it's just so bizarre to me. Um, but I just I enjoyed him very much in the movie. Yeah, um, I like in the prison scene where it's Lloyd who comes in to visit him, and man, prisons are different now. Because <laughs> hard that is holy crap! It's um, wide open; you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you're visiting in the prison yard. And you can hand him a pen and yeah. and a letter. A yeah, letter's one shift. thing, but a pen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even and when it said visiting hours are over, please go. She was about another up. ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. what? Um, He's probably in like a white collar prison though. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, so yeah, goes true. There. true, true, true. But um, I he, did. He gets stabbed with a bit of class of pen in those kind of prisons, <laughs> yeah. as shown. Um, no, and um, I liked the fact that he that Lloyd tells him she's not coming to visit you but she's written you a letter and it starts off like you know you've you've hurt me and and all of this and i don't know if i can forgive you and then lloyd says to him she wrote two versions if that one ends with whatever the phrase was Mm -hmm. um then it's the good one and he immediately skips through all the pages and it just says um from Diane or whatever. Yeah. And you see him get all deflated like his hopes yeah, were up. Break your heart. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's sort of undone because two minutes later she walks in and sort of makes up with him anyway. Um so I thought I lost a little bit there. But yeah. she she makes up with him to a degree and she says, Well, I'm still going. And, more you know, than you would expect from having a second version of the letter though. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then it's the here's a pen, you know, write me. Yeah, and it was sort of, hmm. yeah, well, see, that was the whole thing. The pen was the the symbolism of breakup, right? Hmm. Yeah. And so now she's giving it to her dad, so they're breaking up. Hmm. She's going to go and do her own thing. She's going to do what he raised her to do, but she's going to do it on her own with, well, with Lloyd. Hmm. Um, And I like that. And that's another thing I liked is at the end, because, you know, she has this fear of flying, which is a great story they tell 
um, at the dinner party in the middle of the movie. Um, but, you know, the whole time he's comforting her in the the plane, yeah. he's like, you've just got to get through five minutes. And then that um, seatbelt sign is going to ding. And once that dings, everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And the movie ends with the ding mm-hmm. and yeah. goes to black and credits. And I was like, man, perfect. It dinged. Everything's going to be okay. You know now that the rest of this story is fine. It's fine. Yeah. We, oh, we that told, is so you, perfect. You mentioned earlier about how the Simpsons had done the, the boombox scene. Mm-hmm. There's the episode where Marge is scared of flying. And yep. I think at the end they're on the plane and Homer's explaining what all the sounds are. Yes. Is that sort of a takeoff of this? Mm-hmm. I was thinking that during yeah. that scene. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That was mentioned as well. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but I thought that was the perfect way to close out the the movie. Just, you know, once once it dings, everything's going to be fine. And then it dings and the credits come up. And I was like, man, that Cameron Crowe knows what he's doing. He does. Until he made Vanilla Sky, but whatever. Yeah, like everybody's but, allowed one, right? Yeah. 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 Almost Thanks. famous though, man. Oh, damn. What are you going to do? With, with cool. a, a weak segue into music there and still on John mm-hmm. Mahoney, yep. this has, I think for mine, one of the best soundtracks you'll find, and some of the worst singing in a movie. <laughs> it's not my favourite 80s soundtrack. Thank you. Um, no. I mean, it but, doesn't have um, Don't You Forget About Me or anything. But, no, um, but It's got John Mahoney absolutely butchering Ricky Don't Lose That Number. Oh, yeah. That was just, fun. Just brilliant. And he's having a great time singing it. And then, yeah, Clayton, come on. The greatest love of all. That was an awesome scene. I love that I just, scene. I was watching that scene, cracking up, going, oh my gosh, as an actor, you'd have to have, you know, no worries to be able to stand up there and do that in front of a literal sort of crowd of extras Total at the graduation scene. Yeah. But then I was thinking, I can just picture sort of before they roll film that – Cameron Crowe is standing up in front of all those extras in the crowd and going, he has to sing badly on purpose. Mm -hmm. You have to buy it. Like he's singing it. Awesome. (laughs) You know, and that's what it is. And I can just picture that, that playing out and that would give you all the confidence because you don't have to be worried because they know you're supposed to be singing shit. Yeah. And they have to applaud and like whoop it up. And, and even in that scene, John Mahoney was smiling. Like he wasn't sort of like the sort of dad who was so overprotective of his daughter and raised her to study, 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 study that that would sort of annoy him at the graduation. Mm, he yeah. totally found the humor in it. Exactly. It, See, he's, yeah, a, he's it, it, a good dude. It breaks but, ex- he is, but he, he's a criminal. I mean, it yeah, breaks ex- expectation again, because even again, when I'm watching that, I'm still thinking, okay, at some point someone's going to come along here and tell that kid to stop. And it'll be probably like the crusty old Dean or whatever it is. You know, the guy yep. that comes in and says, get out of there. But no, Ferris Bueller principle. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly yep. that. Yeah. <laughs> Talking no, about very... like the singing, you've got the guys outside the gas station going all beastie boys. That was cool. <laughs> I liked it a lot. They're so street. It seems so yeah. on tight. <laughs> oh, man, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and plus then it has the Peter Gabriel number out of the boombox, which was not mm-hmm. the original song. Correct. Um, but was the right song. Yeah, I imagine. I, mm. I thought I did find a piece of trivia around that where, and it seems kind of lucky that he actually allowed them to do it because apparently you know, they, they <laughs> yeah. approached him to, to see, can we use, can we use your song in the movie? And said, okay, I'll think about it. And they send him a copy of a movie and he comes back and says, well, sure you can use it, but I don't like the the, the scene at the end where the, the main character ODs. 
and dies. And they go, what? And they realize they've seen a copy of the wrong movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And he said yes anyway. Um, yeah. So, okay. That was so good. But oh, they had commissioned a song, like specifically yeah. for mm. the movie. Yeah. And apparently the movie sort of did detail what happens in the movie. Yeah. But they thought, no, that doesn't work. Um, and swapped it for this. But, you know, this, as we've said, this boombox scene is one of the most iconic things from a movie of that period, right? But that song, I feel, isn't as famous as a lot of other songs out of 80s movies. Like, yeah, true. Like you said, you, you mentioned, don't hear it you all mentioned the time. Simple Minds. That's, that's way more famous oh, spinning out of an yeah. 80s movie than, but yeah, than this. Pick any big 80s movie, mm. like Top Gun even, um, you know, like uh, such big songs. And this is a very famous scene. Uh, and people know the song, but you don't hear it playing over and over again, you know, on radio stations or or coming up on big 80s soundtracks and stuff. Like, it's, I don't even think it's on our Heritage Film Club Ultimate Movie Soundtrack, which we will remedy. Yet. Um, yeah. I mean, you've probably... And I'd again on the second watch, I'd forgotten that the reason that he plays it is because it was playing earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he plays it. It for was her. playing while they when, when they had it, sex, when right? In the car, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, another car scene. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's the, I guess the subtlety around that. There there is a bit of um, breaking of breaking of the magic though of it because they apparently when they filmed it they didn't. He's not actually outside her window. No, it's film. It was filmed in two bits. Mm-hmm. And so they just, you stitch it together, and it's like, ah, oh, the magic is ruined. <laughs> I feel like that's because they, back in those, well, no, they used sets, but I would say this was probably filmed, uh, I don't know, because it wasn't actually filmed in Seattle, uh, but possibly in a real neighborhood where she, you know, her house. Yeah. And he, well, he apparently was standing um, across the road from a 7 Eleven. Yeah, that's right. And mm. that's what I'm saying. Like, mm. if she was in a real neighborhood, in a, in a real house, yeah. he couldn't really rock up at night and blast a boombox. No, true. Even though there would have been cameras and trucks and crap all around. Um, so it makes sense. But yeah. it's seamless yeah, in the exactly. movie. Yeah, and it works mm. from from both perspectives. We I mean, see both of them yeah. and their reactions to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, good movie. Does anyone else have any thoughts? <sighs> They've gone through it. I have a yeah. couple of bits of trivia because we like our trivia, including we some do. alternate casting because you know we like a bit of that too. Yes, I read some You've of this. You've probably read some of this. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, alternate casting because why not? Um, Christian Slater and Lauren Dean, who was the guy who played Joe, um, both auditioned for Lloyd. So now Christian Slater, Christian Slater would be a very typical choice, I feel. Yes. Um, yeah. And wouldn't have pulled it off like John Cusack did. Mm. And remembering this is 1989, so this is a very mm-hmm. different, very different time. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. apparently turned it down. What? Yeah, and I could, yeah, I could yeah. sort of see him in the role, but again, I, I think only John Cusack could have made the role what it was. Yeah, I, this, I think this, John Cusack made that character. Yeah, this is this is John Cusack in my head. From movies, this is my favorite. Uh, this yeah. and this one, gross point blank. I go that that's a John Cusack. Totally, hundred percent. Yeah, yep. that, that's me. And even though they're extremes of character, you know? and even though he's a mopey, depressed mother effer, I do like him in High Fidelity. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Just but, a question. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, um, Robbie Downey Jr. Before Iron Man, what was he like? Um, a druggie, but no. Um, no, so, no, 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 like movie wise. 
Was he, he was big he in this type of movie? Yeah, yeah, he was big in the eighties. He was part of the Brad Pack. He was um, less than zero. Um, pick up artists. Uh, in Elmo's like fire. Some, uh, no, he's not in Elmo's. Oh, he's not. No, oh, no it's Rob Lowe. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was like a hardcore big, like before he, Iron Man. He was well known. Well, yeah, oh, okay. His biggest one before that would have been Chaplin, I think. Yeah, and that was um, yeah. after all the eighties stuff. Yeah. And then as well. before off the rails, I suppose it's fair to say. Before his kind of what do you call it Renaissance? Oh, yeah, then he, he went to jail. Mm. Um, he was a pretty big druggie. And uh, after that, cleaned himself up, did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and um, skipping quite a bit. But then, um, yeah, became Tony Stark and became more mm-hmm. famous than he ever was and more famous than probably anyone ever yeah, was. Speaking apart of from Tom Cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's all I know him from is Iron Man. So I was just surprised when he said Robbie Downey Jr. Yeah, no, he was around in the 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. With his moppy hair and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, He's not the cool dude. Um, well, I guess he was, but in a different way, in cool, an 80s way. Cool in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Um, other alternates, that was the only ones that I had for, for Lloyd. Uh, two that I found for having gone for the role of Diane were Elizabeth Shue and makes sense. Jennifer Connolly. Also makes sense. Mm. I, I, could see, I could see both of those, both of them around that time. I could see both of them in the role. Mm. Elizabeth Shue makes sense. Yeah. 100% because yeah. she was in Cry Kid and uh, Cocktail and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't know if Cocktail was the 90s. Was that 80s? Late 80s, I think. Yeah. Just sneaks in. Yeah. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't have seen her in this role if she'd already done Cocktail. Um, yeah. Jennifer Connelly, after Labyrinth, I feel like there was a bit of a gap where she wasn't, she didn't really take off. Yeah, and things like inventing the Abbots and stuff like that. I think. Yeah, she. I feel like she had a renaissance as well. Hmm. Yeah, she's much bigger now. I feel labyrinth aside, um, yeah. than she was in this sort of period. I could see her in this role, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I think Ioni Sky is again. I think they went with the right people. Yeah, I think if you could find anybody better to play both of them, then then good luck to you for mine. Yeah, I, Lloyd would not have been this this good if it hadn't been John Cusack because it's the John Cusackisms, mm. I guess mm-hmm. that, or what have become the John Cusackisms that make him so likable, I think yeah. um, for, for my money. I was trying to think you talked earlier about a character who was not like a nerd, best friend, not a jock, but is still a decent guy mm-hmm. Would the closest be something like Paul Rudd and clueless. He's like hmm, kind okay. of that yeah. socially conscious, like kind of stepbrother. I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, but he's not that. the guy who's getting the girl, though, right? In the I end, he remember. does, doesn't he? In the end, he does. Yeah, I can't, I yeah. It's yeah. Been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so the only yeah. thing I could kind of think of that was similar. Yeah, maybe I need to watch that again. Maybe that's another one we need to do on this. Yeah, that one comes podcast. out kind of kind of out of left field, you know. And um, what's the character's name? Alicia Silverstone's Silverstone's character name. Yeah, Cher, Cher, yep. includes. Yeah. yeah, she spends you know the time she's chasing a couple of other guys, both of whom are wrong for her in different ways, and he kind of comes out of left field. Yeah, that's a right. point though. Yeah, he's kind mm-hmm. of he's the he's the genuinely nice guy. Yeah, he is, but it's different in that in this movie, both characters are set up. There's no, um, you know, again, no clicks. So there's yeah. no sort of yeah. you're beneath me. You're 
not believe me, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. I don't recognize you. Um, so it's sort of different. Mm-hmm. I, I get your point. Uh, but I think it's a yeah different sort of character in a way. I think it's an interesting point, though, in that we're struggling to, to think of characters for either of them, characters who mm-hmm. will like them in other movies, because they're just going to point out again how much more formula there is in a whole bunch of other movies. Yeah. Because they go down that road. Yeah. And you just, you know. So again, props to Cameron Crowe. Yeah, completely. Great job. Yeah, Man. for sure. Um, this one, um, to to borrow a phrase, hmm. this movie would go on my shelf. And um, oh, nice. I would totally watch this again. Hmm. And um, again, as, as I said, I was ashamed that I hadn't watched it. <laughs> even more ashamed now because I, I really love it. Hmm. So, um, yeah, cool. All right. Nice. Um, let's do a quick round. There isn't many comments from social media this time, um, which surprised me because I thought this was a very – sort of hmm. beloved 80s movies, yeah. Um, yeah, even though it's not always in the discussion when people talk about Breakfast Club and um, the John Hughes stuff. But we got a couple. So I'll just – and actually, let's just be honest. Maybe I'll just read out who wrote to us, and I'll just say they're pretty much all about the boombox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Discerning game, audience, I like it. Yeah. Um, game for a movie podcast at game for a movie p1 uh, is there a more iconic scene in a rom-com than the boombox scene legit might be the best rom-com scene ever i think we've all pretty much agreed with that in a way maybe not the best rom-com scene overall hmm. but definitely the definitely the biggest boombox scene um i don't know what do you guys reckon it's it's a it's a small subgenre, but yeah i'll give you that it's iconic i guess mm-hmm that's oh, very iconic. Uh, maybe no, actually, I might agree because again, it's been parodied in everything um, mm-hmm. more than. I mean, like there's the march, at, you know, the, in the Breakfast Club when they're in detention, and the it's during the the montage, mm-hmm. and they're all walking across the um, desks. Yeah, um, that's been parodied quite a few times. Uh, Sixteen um, candles, the cake, the cake. Yeah, that's been, but not as much as the spoon box, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I reckon. I'll give them that. I've never so. come across anybody who doesn't like it. I've never heard anybody say, oh, God, that's such a, such a weak scene, or "or I don't get it, put it that way. And I feel like even if you haven't seen this movie, like me, like Jared, now that he figured out what I was talking about, mm-hmm. uh, possibly Clayton, like, uh, well, yeah, you might not know exactly what the movie is. You know it's from a movie. Mm-hmm. And I'd say even if you haven't seen it, most people know what movie it's from. Yeah. Um, so that – just gives it more credit as well. Yeah. Um, Jared, I, I think we got that when you and I and your sister sat down and watched Breakfast Club. Yes. If I remember correctly, and I think both of you said it then, oh, now I, I get some other stuff that I've seen now. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing sure. it backwards, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. And so there's, there's a bit of that. And it's nice that it still makes sense. And you go, oh, I get this now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, Film Rage at Film Rage YYC just replied and said, it's true, the boombox scene is iconic. Uh, and then I felt like there was some more, which are not popping up. Hang on. I was not prepared. Um, kids, what are we watching tonight? Um, 80s rom-com that's iconic. I think it's supposed to say that's more iconic and then says no. Off the top of my head, I honestly can't say there is. You could refilm that scene, play the same song, Peter Gabriel's Your Eyes, and everyone would know it's saying anything. So that's basically what I just said as well. Um, it's up there with Father Marin getting out of the taxi in The Exorcist, um, which is another movie I haven't seen. Shame. 
Shame, Mike. <laughs> um, and I threw it over on Instagram as well. And recasted podcast eight um, said, let's have a look. John Cusack is incredibly charming and likable, and it's a shame he's not a bigger star than he is. I think it's probably due to some bad movie choices along the way. I disagree with that. Uh, he is incredibly charming and likable, but I consider him a big star. Like, he's a name. People know what he, I mean, I feel like his career has been steady. Like, he hasn't sort of gone away and come back. I don't know. What do you guys reckon? Has, is John Cusack a big star? I mean, I'm trying to figure out yeah, yeah, what, yeah, I, what yeah, else I've I, seen him in. Yeah, I think he's a star. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think he's, he's recognizable enough. And I think he's, he's played enough yeah. different types of roles that you don't pigeonhole him. Um, yeah, I mean, he was an identity that was completely different mm-hmm. um, yeah. from other stuff he's done. Um, and now I'm struggling to think of John Cusack movies <laughs> to make my point. But I feel like he's always been there. So I, I feel like he's a name, at least. Like pe- If you say John Cusack, someone's not going to go, who? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's... Mm. Yeah, anyway, but thanks for the comment. Um, thanks for everyone who commented. What few we got. Um, we'll, yeah, see what happens with the next movie. But anyway, yeah. one thing I did want to point out that none of us pointed out, including Brian when he read the cast out, I believe, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Joan Cusack was in this movie. Yes. Um, so John Cusack's sister, who's popped up in quite a few movies with John Cusack. Um, I love Joan Cusack. And Obviously, the yeah. problem now is so whenever she talks, all I hear is uh, Jessie from Toy Story. <laughs> but <laughs> I love her and I like her in this because she actually played a sister in this. She does, yeah. And she's a lot younger than you normally sort of picture her in this movie as well. Um, and they have great chemistry because obviously they're related and they're obviously close because they've been in at least four movies, I think, um, together. And, uh, yeah, a yeah. bit of a fan of Joan Cusack as well. Yeah. And if you haven't seen them together again in Gross Point Blank, then definitely recommend it. The, all the scenes between them are just they're brilliant. So if you hadn't picked Say Anything, mm-hmm. Gross Point Blank was going to be my next pick, so it is coming up in the future, Excellent. FYI. <laughs> um, and with that, uh, I think we're done. So should we do a round of thumbs to close it off? Let's. Let's. Okay, oh. so... Let's start. It was your movie, Brian. So um, I want to go last. You want to go last? I want to go last, please. Oh, if that means you're going to throw a curveball. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> or you're going to try and prop the number up. I'm gonna, no, I'm, okay. no, no to, I promise you I won't, I, won't, um, I won't engineer the number. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I just want to see what you guys make of it. <laughs> okay. Okay, Clayton. Because I'm, I'm kind of wavering and I don't know what to do. Okay, Clayton, um, can I – I want to have a guess of yours, but go ahead. It sounds like you're propping up the number. No, I know, right? I, prom- know I, promise I, I promise I won't. It's, I'll explain myself if it, if it gets weird. It's wavering, and I want to and I want to make sure I wave no, no, the right no, way. Uh, no, um, not, not that at all. Trust me. Okay. okay. Whatever. Well, you're, honest, you're not going to try and guess this time, Mike? <laughs> Don't you always try and read my mind? Well, I'll be honest. For me, mine, is, mine was also wavering between mm-hmm. two things, mm-hmm. and I've finally settled on what it's going to be. Yep. But – I want to hear what Clayton thinks. I have an idea of what he's going to say, but yeah. I want to. I want. I want yeah. your score. Sure. Oh, it like the movie's enjoyable to watch. I wouldn't watch it again. Like I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but yeah. I I'll give it a one. Cool. That's what I thought because you don't do the halves. No, I don't do mm-hmm. the halves. And yeah. like you know, like if it's on, sweet. But I mean, yeah, it just like I wouldn't be putting it on my shelf or anything. <laughs> 
But each to their own, I guess. Each True. to their own. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's next? Um, I, I'll, I'll always say that we use a terrible system to rate our movies. We, but, we do. Um, we do. <laughs> I'm fine well, with that. Any, um, any suggestions for a better way? No, Very I think welcome. we stick with it. Damn it. Um, I'll go for one and a half. Okay. Um, I was one and a half, but I'm two, and I'm giving it. And that's not an engineering thing. I was sort of wavering, as as I said, and I I was one and a half, but then after this chat and and sort of getting my thoughts out, mm-hmm. I've decided no, it's definitely a two for me. Nice. So now Brian. Yeah, one and a half as well. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, one of the reasons not that I was wavering, I didn't want to have it so that it's all oh, everybody goes to and I'm going, yeah, two for the 100%. I love this movie. It made me laugh out loud. I would absolutely watch it again. I'm going to watch it again soon. There's just the the leap with the dad at the end. Yeah, okay, and there's, and there's just enough to go. That's the bit that kind of, it, it takes me out a little bit and then it, back on perfectly on point again with the plane i love the bit on the plane yeah and that's what brings me back because i would agree with you mm-hmm. um and that again for me as well was was like oh okay but then the letter thing and then the airplane thing mm-hmm. took it back and yep. um so I, i'll give it four marks still because that's not enough to make me really annoyed about anything so yeah um, yeah i wasn't wasn't annoyed about anything i'm, I'm thinking of ones that i've given two two thumbs to before and going not the same. Loved it, but not the same. Um, yeah, fair enough. Which gives us a, it's a six out of eight. If, and guys, feel free it's to correct six my out of eight, yeah. Do you guys, 75%. Do you own this movie, Brian? I do. Do you, Mike? On, on yep. DVD, of all okay. things. Hey, Jared, you I know what a DVD I is? Eh? <laughs> I do. I'm not that young. I, I, I remember videotapes, so I'm not that young. Okay, sweet. I would um, actually be very keen to buy this on Blu-ray, um, to upgrade to Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm going to have to hunt it out and see if you can get it on Blu-ray. I'm assuming that you can. You must be able to. You yeah, can get all the other ones. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that's 75%. It's... Um, that's respectable. That. I will take that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, genuinely, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased you enjoyed it. Yeah. To the degree that you no, it enjoyed a, it. It was a good pick. Hey, and talking about picks, everybody's favorite pick is this time. Because oh, I don't on. know if you remember, Clayton, but it's your pick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I did remember, yeah. Oh, okay, good, because everybody will be waiting with bated breath. Magic so, Mike, too. <laughs> I, better not be. I, will, I will actually quit. I, I, qu- I, um, quit. I preemptively quit. Yeah, same. But yeah, if that ever happens, I, I'm, yeah. I'll just I'm hang, just on. hang up. Hang on. Didn't Clayton say something last time about the tone or the mood or something? Yeah. So uh, can I just start? Yeah. 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 Go. Okay. So originally I woke up. So before watching this movie, my pick was going to be from 1955. Ooh. Oldest movie. So but. Far. After watching this movie and then reviewing like the last four movies that we've watched since Saw, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've changed my pick like literally over the last 72 hours. I want to know what the 1955 movie was, yeah, but too. I guess we'll find mm-hmm. out. Yeah, one day. Yeah, that, that will come up later. Okay. But I'm about to take it to 2006. Okay. And we're just going to go all stupid and funny and what's well, going to be. Movie. It's a comedy movie, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Brian's seen this, 
And I feel that if he hasn't seen this, he's probably going to quit after watching it. I've genuinely got my eyes closed now and I'm worried. Because yeah. I don't know if it's as, if it's your type of humor, Brian. You're very um, articulated with your movies. Same with Jared. <laughs> Thank you, I think. No, yeah, no, I no. I just watch anything. Yeah, like, like how I rank it. It's like you and Jared up the top with the type of movies you guys pick. Mike's got the broad range of spectrum in relation to he likes anything. And then I just come... With what I, I like, Team America. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll make this like Team America. <laughs> I'll make this easy. Mike, play a game with me. When I say when I say when I say two words and you finish off that final word, okay? Oh man, don't do that because then I'll fail it. No, but you you've I know you've watched this movie because you've watched this movie with me because there's a movie I've seen and I enjoy. Uh, okay, I'm not going to know the word. And Oh, yes, nice. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are watching. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Brian. You're going to hate it because of who's in it. So, <laughs> oh, hold up. Have you? <laughs> go, so Brian go. hasn't just, seen just, it. Just okay. go. Will Farrell, John C. Riley, Sasha Bowen Cohen. Hang on, say the one he will like. Amy Adams. Oh, okay. Well, you like Amy Adams, okay. right? All right. Yeah. And one of her early movies. It's a sports comedy film. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. All right. That's what we're watching. Okay. I'm lightening okay. the mood. Spoiler alert. My favorite Will Ferrell movie. So there you go. Hey, tune in next time. Um, <laughs> have dude. you seen this, Brian? No. Have oh, you, Jared? Michael Clark Duncan. Michael I, I, Clark I know it, it, but I actually haven't seen it. Have you never seen this? Oh, no. okay. <laughs> oh, um, and who else is in it? Um, uh, Coleman from... Um, from um, Office Space. Um, bloody hell. What's his name? Gary Coleman? Gary Cole. Um, Gary Cole, sorry. Gary I'm, Cole, I'm thinking Ball. of what you're talking about, Willis. Yeah, um, yeah, Gary Cole and Michael Clark Duncan, Amy Adams. And um, yeah, Borat. Ricky Bobby. So, yep. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Nice. Love it. Okay, cool. Okay. I'm going to lighten the mood, so I thought, yeah. Because the other movie I was going to pick is a very serious movie, so I was like, ah, we'll just I, lighten the mood. You didn't like my mood because saying anything was so depressing. I... Yeah. No, no, it wasn't it's depressing. Not. It's just we've done, we did horror, we did a oh, we did a horror. Then I had to actually look to find out what we did for Mike's pick, and I was like, oh, it was a um, action adventure sci-fi. Yeah, have action adventure. Then we did an action kung fu movie. Now we did this um, '80s movie. So I was like, oh, let's just do something lighthearted. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm can't wait to watch that, and I probably won't ask for social media comments on that one because we'll get too many. <laughs> no, I know ask. That is the, <laughs> I'll ask and I'll read out only the best ones because it is. Um, I think it's a pretty popular movie. It definitely mm-hmm. was at the time because yeah. it followed Anchorman. But anyway, next next time. So until then, follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter. We're on Twitter uh, at Heritage Film Pod. Come and join in the conversations. I haven't done any for a while. Sorry, guys, but life. Um, so I'll try and get back to that. But um, I will post up something about the next movie. And so follow us there Instagram and Facebook at Heritage Film Pod. Also, uh, more active on Twitter, as I say every time. And we're closing in on 600 followers. So right. come and follow us if you don't. And um, get us up there leave us a rating and review if you like the show um it helps us out gives us some visibility 
um, to people who might not know, share that you've watched our episode on Twitter. That'd be cool. And um, TikTok account's coming us. soon. TikTok. Uh, I think that, uh, Mike's like, what's a TikTok? <laughs> actually, if if Clayton's willing to do a TikTok singing "Greatest Love of All," I'll uh, totally launch yeah. it tonight Hell and get him to no. record it. I don't do TikTok. Why not? I don't Why do not? TikTok. Dude, you just got to send me the video. I'll do the TikTok. Dude. Yeah. Anyway, we talked last time about you doing your OnlyFans, and you won't do TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a different TikTok. Uh, sorry, TikToks for free. OnlyFans behind a paywall. Hang on a minute. But, we but, want money. We want to be on Disney Plus. Hang on, hang on. If you do it on TikTok and it goes viral, it boosts our listenership, which then in turn can lead to other things, mon- um, you know, monetizing wise. So. You need to do it. Send me the video. All right, good. Okay. <laughs> I like We're how done. I'm bullied. <laughs> I know. Well, you never do any of this stuff anyway. I still haven't seen the action <laughs> figures, the cryptocurrency, the OnlyFans, or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we do have Clayton. is Clayton we, have two, we have two playlists on Spotify. Um, one that Jared curates um, for us, which is the um, soundtrack to the show, the HFC um, playlist. I can't remember what it's called. Um, yeah. Yeah, something cool. Anyway, it was very easy this week. It's, yeah, it's very <laughs> just easy. Just put the whole soundtrack in. <laughs> made up, made up for last week when the raid soundtrack is not on Spotify. Ah, uh, so we've got nothing oh, okay. for the raid. No. I think that's only the second movie we've had nothing for, right? Yeah, find some bullet sounds or something like that. Yeah, no, just go with this movie. Put a couple on to make up for it. Yeah. Um, we've got the ultimate movie soundtrack, which will now be uh, updated with songs from this movie because surprisingly. Nobody put any on. So we'll do that. So look those both up on Spotify. Once you've listened to our episodes, we now have about 25, I think. This is 22, but we had a few bonus ones. Um, We've got a back catalog, guys. So go listen to it. We get better as it goes. Unless you didn't like this, then probably not. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, I have something to say. Go. So you know how you guys want me to do all this other stuff that you're trying to bully me into? <laughs> just the TikTok now. It's, it's well, you, strong it, suggestions, Clayton. It's not bullying. Peer pressure, yeah. not bullying. Peer pressure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. There yes, you there we go. You know what? I'll do some of it when we do a live podcast from somewhere with people there. Oh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> well, then there's never going to oh, happen. No, 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 no. no. I, I beg to differ, Mike. I think we, we can sell this. If we can do a live podcast from somewhere with like people coming in to see us and shit like that, then yeah. Hey, hey Twitter people, you know you've heard the phrase "by popular demand," right? <laughs> exactly. This is what that means. Put your money you, in your mouth. You can make this happen. We're in New Zealand. You can make this happen. Hey, we like we could travel airplanes. Not all the borders are closed. Thanks, COVID. Ruining us not having place in life performing <laughs> greatest love of all. Stupid COVID. I would get a mic and sing that Also, shit. people dying and stuff, but mainly that we can't get Clayton sing Whitney Houston now. Yeah, that's uh, the real tragedy, Mike. Um, yep, that's right. Okay. But to be honest, I'd rather sing the Bodyguard song. This is all for entertainment purposes, <laughs> yeah. people. Don't take me seriously. All right. Unless we go live. Unless we go live, yeah. Um, okay, so... That's it. So follow us on social media. Give us a rate and review if you have the time and inclination. Otherwise, um, come back in two weeks. Go watch Talladega Nights first, then come back in two weeks and listen to us talk about it and listen to Brian and his thoughts on it because <laughs> that'll be the fun part. 
but he does like Amy Adams, so it's it can't be a zero. So it can't be. It's got to be at least a half. Particularly unlikely to be a zero, but don't <laughs> yeah. dare me. Especially because of yeah, no, I'll wait. Right, cool. Okay, we'll be back. Until then, we are out. That's the end, Frank, for listening.